You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Yeah, Tommy's here. Aaron's here. I am here. Uh, This will be the last time Tommy's on the show until next Tuesday, which means a game will have been played, so we will get his Redskins-Bears pick a little bit later on in the show. Um, By the way, um, you had a really, really good idea that you bounced off me. You said you've bounced off me in the past, and I didn't remember it, but it was an excellent idea about World Cup soccer that I thought you would, <laughs> you should share with everybody because I don't remember you saying this. You said that you have you written a column about this? No, I, I don't I don't know if I did. I probably did a long time ago. You know, one of my ideas was uh I mean when the World Cup was only thirty two teams, now they've expanded it to forty eight. But when it was only thirty two teams and we weren't getting in sometimes. Right. I said the United States should just create their own World Cup and call it the Super Bowl of soccer, and just invite all the other teams that don't make the World Cup to come to our to Super come Bowl to play soccer, that. and then the winner of that tournament plays the winner of the World Cup for a real World I'm Cup. I'm sure the rest of the world w- would really be interested in that. Well, I, th- I think I think let, it had let, possibilities, but my offshoot of that was then to basically say, why don't we just send the Super Bowl winner over to play the World Cup? <laughs> I mean, uh, why not play? Why idea. not just send? I mean, why not just send the New England Patriots and say, "Look, put on some soccer uniforms, uh, kick the ball around a little bit, knock some people over and out, and and go win the World Cup." Right. I. This is the idea you had. By the way, one of my favorite Tom Lavero pastimes is just bashing soccer. <laughs> it really is because I'm not a massive fan of soccer either. Although I do enjoy the World Cup, but to send. Rather than sending the World Cup team over, which, by the way, they didn't even qualify for the last World Cup. Am I right about that? I believe I'm right. The U.S. was not in the last World Cup. No, they were not. Yeah, so instead of sending or trying to have that sorry team try to qualify, which they don't always qualify, and nobody can name one player on that team, send the Patriots over. Yes. Have the Patriots over. Imagine Tom Brady kicking the ball around with, uh, by the way, Antonio Brown maybe this year. There you go. That would, I don't know that they would get, they would win the World Cup. But it would be exciting to see it. The rest of the world, which loves American football so much, they just <laughs> adore American football, they would be thrilled to see us over there with our football team, um, the Patriots. And, you know, I, I think you know you probably bow out in that uh, that that medal round or whatever they call the the before you get to the knockout round. What's the original round called, Aaron? What do they call that? The, uh, the boring round. Group, <laughs> the group, group, play? group play. Group play. The boring round. Yeah, so you, you lose three times in group play, but I'll tell you what, the TV ratings would be through the TV roof. TV ratings would be great, and it'd be fun watching them scrape up all those little Frenchmen and Spaniards <laughs> off the ground, wouldn't it? Yes. I would want Gronk on the team, definitely. <laughs> I'd want to see Gronkowski on the team. Um, yeah, I, you know what? You really are. You're, you're, you come up with a lot of really good ideas. You really do. That's so one how of your come I'm ideas. not rich? I don't know. Because you're, you know why? Because you are smart. You are creative. You have really good ideas, but you don't want to work hard to make turn to there turn them into business. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> um, all right, I did want to follow up on the conversation that we started uh, on Tuesday, um, which was this conversation that sort of came about. You know, it spontaneously, uh, which was, 
if you could trade the name for a new owner, would you do it? I ended up doing it on radio yesterday, and I was explaining to people this morning that it was honestly, and you know this, like you get you get a sense of something that resonates. I don't think I've had a reaction to a segment like that in a long time that wasn't, you know, the day after a game, which right. is always the, bi- the, right. the biggest always days the that you have. Always the most emotional. <clears throat> and, but this was a Sophie's Choice decision. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, but, but Tommy, here's the thing. In, this was really interesting about the reaction. I would say 80% of the people said, in a heartbeat, at this point, even though I was staunchly against the people trying to you know, force a name change, at this point, I don't have any faith in ownership to ever get anything going here. I would probably do it. I would probably trade the name for... Um, a new owner. And I would say 80% of the people felt that way um, on social media in particular. But there were, there were, it, there was an interesting group of people who didn't want it changed. And you know who those people were? And I don't know that they necessarily should have had a vote, but I found it interesting that Cowboy fans and even a couple of Eagle fans on Twitter said, you can't do that. You can't, it's, it, it would never be the same if it were Cowboys warriors, Eagles warriors, it's Redskins Cowboys. It's Eagles Cowboys. There's an emotional tie to the, to brand, you know, that this is what, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and I've always tried to explain to people who say, you know, if they changed their name, they would, they'd kill it. You know, they'd sell a lot of new product. It would be worth millions to them. No, it would actually work the opposite. Just the opposite. There is, you know, something called an emotional detachment that happens when you change something sign- significant with a brand that has a fiercely loyal following. It's why Apple never changes anything. McDonald's, Coke, they don't change anything significant with the brand because people are so loyal to it and you do, it, part of why they're loyal to it is the, the product itself, but everything that surrounds the product and everything that identifies the product. So I read this on the air this morning, and I'm going to read it to you. My son was listening to the segment. My middle son, Corbin, was listening to the segment, and he texted me, and he said, if it means anything, I wouldn't change the name for a new owner, but I don't have the same nostalgic passion for the name that you do. But I still wouldn't do it. Like you said, you can always have a miracle season or seasons, but to be honest with you, if the name changed, it wouldn't feel like my team. And I think the people that didn't want it changed felt the same way that if you ended up changing the name would it really feel like your team anymore that's an it's an it's an interesting question it it really is an interesting challenge uh basically what you're doing is you're trying to project your feelings about what happens post name change how would you feel about your team after they change the name you're trying to project well will i feel as good Will I learn to live with it? I mean, there's no guaranteed success. Remember, you're just talking about changing the owner. You're not talking about getting, uh, you know, you're not talking about bringing Jack Kent Cook back from the dead. Right. Okay, so there's still no guarantee you're going to be successful. All those things come into play. So I understand the uncertainty of it. I'm surprised 80% said they'd be willing to do it. It it was not a, you know, a Price Waterhouse audited uh, report. But I'm surprised. But that was my, I was, I was probably plus or minus 5% somewhere around there. It seemed like eight out of every 10 I read. It's not an easy question. But it really is like when he put it that way, 
if they change the name, forget about the exchange of name for owner, back to the name issue. If they change the name, in many ways it wouldn't feel like my team. However, many people brought to my attention, they, they asked me, including my son, how did you feel when they changed the name from the Bullets to the Wizards? I remember feeling for a period of time like it was different. But remember, they weren't very good, too. Right. Same as the Redskins. And I would argue that the Bullet brand... It, it's apples and oranges. It's not. It's not as strong as the Redskins brand and, was. And it, it, it's it for me personally. It's a personal thing. I don't think I was ever attached to that brand. I love the team and can right. remember all the great games and the great players. I remember the the but, bullet. The bullets came to Washington exactly in the middle of the George Allen era. Not only that, when they they came. They came from Baltimore in 1973 was their first season here, and they were called the Capital Bullets, and then they finally became the Washington Bullets the, the following year. So by the time they changed their name, it was 24, 25 years later, not 80 years later. Not right. that I've lived those 80 years. Right. You're, I mean, ta- you have, you're talking but, 80, 81 years. Right. So I, I don't. I didn't feel... I remember feeling like, God, I don't want them to change the name from the Bullets to the Wizards. I thought it was ridiculous. Too. I didn't. I thought it was okay. I know you did, um, but I, I don't rem- I, I remember feeling, you know, less attached to it. But at the same time, remember those teams. I mean, you had the one season with Weber and Howard and Strickland and. And Rasheed Wallace, you know, and they and they had that one series against the Bulls where everybody thought, oh, they're going to be a really good team, and then nothing yeah. came of it after that. Um, but this is where you are, Kevin, now with this franchise. Uh, you, you, you don't want to swim too much in the pool with the water the way it is now because it's icky and, and, and there's no chlorine in the pool and all that. So, so you want to you think about what a fresh water could be like. And what what life could be like in a different way? So what rooting what, for an NFL franchise yeah, again? Yeah. So you're basically now you're reduced to kind of creating these scenarios about wow, what if it was this way? You know, w- would I give up this uh, instead of actually facing the reality of what you're dealing with? So let's move the ball down the field a little bit. <laughs> so you want to get to this next one? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Would you, if you had the choice, you can you can live with Bruce Allen, or somebody says to you, "Look, we made a mistake. We want to go back to the Vinny Serrato era. We're going to bring Vinny back, and we're going to fire Bruce Allen." Would you trade Bruce? Would for you Vinny? trade Bruce for Vinny? Okay, so. Eventually, by the way, people, we will get away from doing all of these hypotheticals, but that probably will only change when the team starts to win some games. <laughs> and we can focus on a team that has the arrow pointed upward and not downward, which is where it's been pointed now for about 20 years, Yes, pretty much, with the occasional year of at least going back to like mid-level. Um, no, I would not do that. Really? Oh my God. And Here's the funny thing is, we've talked about this before, Vinny's actually a good dude. Like, he's a normal, good guy. He can't run a football organization. It's why no one's even hired him since he left Washington to even be a scout but neither or a can... consultant. He hasn't even gotten a consultant's gig. I know. So, no, I mean, Vinny was, a, was Dan Stooge for 10 years, except for the one year that Marty kicked him out of the building. Right. Um, and you know, Vinny's a great guy and Vinny, you know, he knows football and he watches football like the fans do, but he's not a, 
He's not a team president or a general manager. He just did what Dan wanted him to do most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, so if you're, you're tr- asking me, okay, can, should we just go back to Dan making all of the moves with anybody in place rather than Bruce making the moves? I think it would be a lot more fun to do that. Yes, I think it would be a lot more entertaining. Yes, it would. Because if you're gonna lose, and I said this before the season started or after the off season last year, if you're gonna after the uh, the 2018 season, if you're gonna lose, you might might as well lose, you know, winning in the off season again. Yeah, absolutely, because we haven't even had the pleasure of winning in the off season. Look, uh, the the difference of Bruce and Dan is, is is one of you know basically neutrality and evil is what we're talking about here. But Vinny's a pretty neutral guy. You know, I know, he's, he's I know you think Bruce is evil. That's that's rather harsh. He's he's done evil things. What, what name the evil evil thing he's done? Okay, the way he he submarined Scott McLuhan in the media. That that was mean spirited. Yes, well, I, I, I would say you know why when you're standing up there uh, at the pearly gates that was evil. Okay, that's the worst thing he's done that we know of. That was the worst thing because it took a man who was not well. Right, and it t- it basically, I mean, he embarrassed him publicly in a way that was outrageously mean spirited, and he did it for the reasons of of self absorption, of self promoting, as if this wasn't our fault. Look at this guy; don't yeah. blame us. And I say the whole hiring with Scott McLuhan was was geared towards that, but but that that's your decision. Now, what about this scenario? I mean, Jay Gruden. Uh, By the know, way, just to make clear, Scott McLuhan deserved yes, to get fired. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just he should so have never been hired. That. Probably should have never been hired. But they had every right to move on from I, him. I know. But that. the way they did it was mean spirited and evil. I know that, and I think when they hired him, they knew what the ending was going to be. Maybe. Uh, Jay Gruden. I mean, okay. We're, I mean, he, he's he's not a dumb guy. Uh, he knows football. He probably knows players. He probably knows all. He probably knows personnel better than Bruce Allen. Okay, want to make him the team president slash head coach? Jay Gruden can handle Vinny Serrata. He can't handle Bruce Allen, but he can handle Vinny Serrata. Jay Gruden would have a lot more power and influence in the building. And, and if, what, if what Vinny result was there. is Jay Gruden continuing as head coach and being much more involved in personnel going to lead to? Well, I, he's I, not a very good coach. I know that. I know he's not a very good head coach. But I think you're. Per, I think overall, the the. I don't know. You know what I would do on the Vinny thing. I would take Vinny over I, I over would, Bruce Allen. If I thought I could hire Lincoln Riley next year, the Oklahoma coach, um, with a, a ridiculous you know financial package, which I just don't think the Redskins are that team anymore. Like Lincoln Riley is going to have choices, and the Redskins are going to be at the bottom of those choices. Fifteen years ago, you know, a Spurrier looks at day, a young owner and Dan Snyder, and this guy's going to spend a ridiculous sum of money to bring me to Washington. Wow! And look, and he's going to spend all this money so we can get players. That ship has sailed. Nobody wants his money anymore. Nobody wants his financial support. There are much better options for really talented coaches, young and up up and coming, or resume coaches. So I. I it, in many ways, like if you told me, 
I want Dan to go back to the way it used to be, and I want him to spend $15 million a year, the biggest package in the history of the NFL for a coach, to bring in Lincoln Riley. And uh, he's going to bring Vinny back, um, but Lincoln Riley's also going to get the position of of you know head coach and general manager, and Vinny's going to be like assistant GM. I'd be fine with that at this point. You can't get any worse than you have right now. No, you can't. And giving me a great potential head coach, stumbling onto a great head coach, gives me a chance. Just like stumbling onto a a great quarterback gives me a chance to overcome all of the Dan BS and all of the Dan Vinny stuff that would be going on in the background. You know what's a good comparable for this? The, the Yankees of the late 90s. Uh, George Steinbrenner, Joe Torre. That's a real good comparable. Uh, the Yankees of the late 90s. That Remember, won- Steinbrenner had already won World Series championships yeah, I, as an owner. I, I, I guess As that. a meddling owner. As but, a meddling right. owner. But then he proceeded for the next 12 years mm-hmm. to destroy them. Okay? Uh, and then in the early 90s, George Steinbrenner got suspended. Was out of the baseball operation. And that left Gene Michael and Buck Showalter to run the baseball team in the early 90s when the Yankees had Bernie Williams and Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Jorge Posada, all prospects that Steinbrenner would have traded for Ken Phelps in a split second if he could. But but when And then they fired Showalter and they brought in Joe Torre in 96. When Joe Torre won the first World Series... Steinbrenner stayed out of his way. Well, he, he, he couldn't win. He, he couldn't... He could, he could, Joe Torre had become, he was a popular guy. He was a New York guy. Everyone liked him, and now he had a World Series. And then the next one, 98, he had another World Series. And in 99, another World Series. By that point, George Steinbrenner, whatever he wanted to do, he was diminished by Joe Torre. Joe Torre was more powerful than Steinbrenner. That's the only scenario here where you're going to have success with Dan Snyder as owner, no matter who you bring in as coach. If that coach builds such a track record of success that Dan Snyder is reduced to to a fan and nothing more than a fan. What's interesting about that is Cooley has always said um, you've got to sort of stumble your way into a really head coach and then he's got to win right away. Yes. He's got to win immediately. And, and develop it, a power base and develop a following that that you can't afford to, you know, in a way. That's what he has said, essentially what yeah. you're saying, that he wins so quickly that the owner can't interfere. Yeah. It, 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 would, it would be self-destructive to do that, not that he's avoided self-destructive behavior. Marty Schottenheimer was on the brink of doing that. I know. On the brink. On the brink, and they didn't want to let him yeah. get get to it. Because the next year, they would have been an 11-win team. A division winner would have been in the playoffs. And then they would have been stuck with a winner, but they weren't having any fun. They had to cut off his winning potential before it 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 actually was realized. Um, Tor, you know, it's got to be a coach or a quarterback you got to stumble into. The problem with the coach thing is the coach has a choice to come here or not. The thing about... 
the, the and, and the quarterback doesn't because they have what's called the draft. Yes. And if you get drafted by that team, you got to play for that team. And that's why, to me, the light at the end of the tunnel, even though I don't believe that it'll be realized because I'm not a massive Haskins guy, but it would be that Haskins, to me, the comp is Haskins becomes Peyton Manning. And he overcomes a bottom-feeding franchise, which was the Colts before he yes. got there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's the way out. Because he's not going to attract Joe Torrey. He would have to be suspended, and someone no, else remember, would have to make that listen, decision. Joe Torrey was not... Was, Where was he before? St. Louis or... Joe Torrey had been with the Mets, the Braves, and the Cardinals. Right. He had a losing record uh, yeah, as a right. manager. Yeah, I, when Joe Torrey got hired... The tabloids just ripped the hire. Didn't it was in Atlanta where he lost as a manager in the postseason multiple times, right? Not multiple times. I okay. think he only made the postseason once. Okay, with with Atlanta in eighty, maybe it was eighty two, or, or something like that. Uh, but when Tory got hired, not a popular hire. He was considered a loser when he got hired in New York, and he left as and he was considered a Met too, right? Oh, yeah. Because he played he, as a He Met. played for the Mets, and he managed the Mets right. at the end of his career. Um, the Yankees and Redskins are in completely different, you know, they're in different galaxies, right? Because the, the Yankees are always going to be able to attract somebody of note. I don't think the Redskins can. Was, was there ever a feeling that because of Steinbrenner and his ownership that the Yankee job was a bad job? Like right yes. now. Yes, it was okay. back then. That's why they hired. That's that's why they hired Joe Torre because they really couldn't get anyone else to take the job. Okay, at, at that point. But uh, look, the better comp over for the Yankees are the Cowboys, not in terms of championship success, but in terms of massive brand. Yes, and, and just being yeah. associated. This is why with they're it. partners. Yeah. They they are business partners in uh, a catering business. I think in one of these ballpark catering businesses, hmm. the Yankees and the Cowboys. <clears throat> um. All right, so we've solved the World Cup so, problem. So we're going to send the, the Super Bowl team to play the World Cup. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to replace Bruce Allen and Vinny Serrata. And we're going to go back to the old days, baby. Yeah. Um, I saw this when the show radio show ended, ended this morning. Um, this tweet, it came from yesterday. I just didn't see it until this morning from Darius Geis. He tweeted out yesterday, when I overcome all this adversity thrown at me once again and dominate the league, I will have one of the greatest stories to tell this bothers you no uh, it's just I, this I, doesn't bother me that much <laughs> it's like, look, I, I give this kid a lot of credit considering the reputation that he had coming out of college and the draft in that being laid up with injury seems like a prime time that if you're going to get into if you're going to have problems you know that idle time would seem to be the case that hasn't happened with him he's been nothing but stand up for far from what we can see. So I've got no problem with the, this kid after what he's been through, uh, you know, declaring on social media, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come back stronger than ever. You know what? I'm rooting for Darius guys. He had a horrible, horrible upbringing. Um, so much violence. Um, you know, his, his father was killed, you know, at a Denny's restaurant, you know, he got shot and killed in a Denny's restaurant when, when Darius was young, he's had a he's had a t it just a real troubled upbringing, and you got to root for yeah, somebody like I that. And he, and he is he's facing adversity right now as well. It's just you know every day on social media is something else. Like th th there's a story this morning that Jamal Adams, who by the way is a freakish safety in New York, 
that he, first of all, you know, Instagrammed out the video of him getting a roughing the passer penalty call on Monday night against Baker Mayfield, which he got fined for. And it's one of those, that one was a little bit 50-50, um, but, you know, he essentially said, you know, if, if we're going to play two-hand touch, let's call it two-hand touch, I'm paraphrasing there. But then he, for whatever reason, unfollowed the Jets, his team, on Instagram. Oh, and that got they, attention. You know, it, it must be pretty depressing to follow the Jets. It must be. I mean, come on. Yeah, but it, but they, shouldn't these guys know now that if you unfollow your employer on social media that it's going to become at least a bit of a story? It was a headline on Pro Football Talk this morning. Don't all these guys have... No, they have, don't have any advice from people that know what they're doing, I, mean, I don't think. I, I don't. I mean, their agent... <clears throat> don't, don't their agencies employ social media people... That that you know advise all their clients and tell their clients, look, you know if if you want if you want to do something, run it by us. Let let's this see, is know. this was the this Cooley wrote the business plan for us to basically be a Twitter last check before you push send, send it to us. Let us review it, <laughs> and we'll either edit it or tell you it can't go or can go. Oh, by the There's, way, I, w- I th- would, that would be a good business. I wouldn't be crazy about using him as a filter. <laughs> I know you would. Okay, you know what though? I mean, he, actually, he's, he's had a few. I know he's had a few but Twitter issues, but he's learned from them. He's had a few pick ex- issues, yes. but you know what? Like normal, reasonable people that either work in the media or follow the media could give advice on this stuff. You're going to send that out? Nope. Here's why you're not going to send it out. Yes. We're not letting you send this one out. Yeah. And if you had that last check, a a social media last check. Before you send it, I think it's a good business, <laughs> really good business. And you know what? It's it's ninety nine cents a check. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Pay us a buck. We'll give you a quick. We'll kick, give you a quick review. And if it takes a little bit more time because we got to get you know the background and the situation, we might have to sign you to a consulting deal. <laughs> a month. We're on monthly retainer. Um, would Would you have advised uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins to send out sheesh? No. No, I wouldn't have. If he had, uh, hold on for a second. I, why are you sending it out? Well, because Daniel Jones is starting in New York. Oh, I didn't see that news. Hold on, let me look it up. Oh yeah, he is. Wow, he's going to start. They're benching Eli. And what was it that you were, you wanted to send out? Sheesh. Hold on for a second. Let me find the definition of sheesh. Uh, the definition of sheesh, Tommy. I bet you didn't know this. Give me. I read the definition yesterday on the radio show. Do you know what the definition of sheesh is? Incredulous. The definition of sheesh in the dictionary, an exclamation used to express disbelief or exasperation. Oh. So I would read the definition to Dwayne and say, are you in disbelief or are you exasperated? And he says, I'm both. Tell your friends and your family members don't send it out on social media. (laughs) That's it. You, and you, you'd have to explain to because, some, because because this what you're generation doing there, needs an explanation. What you're what you're doing there is you're saying to your team, "How come I'm not starting instead of, of instead of Case Keenum?" Especially when that's I, what you're saying. And you said, and you've already said that the league done messed up. Yeah. And so the specific league done messed up line came out because Jones was picked before him. Yes. Well, it's not because Kyler Murray was picked before him. No. It's because the Giants took Daniel Jones. The league done messed up, and now um, the league so far has the 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 other guy starting before you are. So yeah, he's he's in disbelief over it. 
Yeah. Um, so that would be we we would take him on. Is it a shot at Case Keenum? I would, yes, it is. Of I would ex- it is. I would explain to him it's a shot at Case Keenum. You don't want to do that. Case yeah. is trying to help you. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. Sheesh, what you think? You think you should be starting? Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have no idea if he's ready to start or not. Um, anyway, uh, what else do we have today? We have a number of things. I had a list of things here. We're going to do your favorite segment today in NFL Power Poll oh, through, through week two. This is so um, good. I did want to play the Adrian Peterson soundbite with Darren Haynes. Haynes from Channel 9. Um, and uh, Aaron, if you'll fire that. This was Darren Haynes, who's the Channel 9 sportscaster, interviewing Adrian Peterson one-on-one. You can just put on the helmet, get a football, and just truck one player from this team, just high knees, run them over. Mm-hmm. Who would that player be? I don't think it's one guy that I would just want to run over that's on my team. Now, if you would have said in the front office, I could have came, got, got, had a cut of, couple options. Ah, <laughs> 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 I love that. Couple that's of people so in the front funny. office, I got a couple options. That is so funny. I'll give you. Greg gave me one hint this morning. Coors Light would be one hint. Uh-huh. But I. But it's Jay that I think he's got a problem with. Maybe he views Jay as a front office person, not a player. So Jay and Bruce, because it's not Doug. It's he not loves Doug. Doug. Doug's the one Doug's who the one snuck that brought him, him in. in. Yeah, had to sneak him in. Yeah, had to sneak in a Hall of Fame running yeah. back. Yeah. Um, well, we know why he had to sneak him in. Right. Because they would have pushed back because of the child in- yeah. incidents. Yes. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, it's probably Bruce and Jay yeah. would be the two guys. And he'd line them up and just run them right down. And by the way, would be the hero of the city if he did that. <laughs> Um, are the Nats going to make the playoffs? I still think so. Uh, you know, I mean, it. Uh, you know, you've got a couple of teams, the Cubs and the Brewers, both helped the Nats, you know, last night uh, by by losing. Yep. Uh, but the Nats can't keep winning one and losing two. You know, this is a big series this weekend. The Marlins. They, yeah, this is their last easy. Yeah. On paper, should yeah. win three in a row. You know, can't lose two. Yeah. Worst case is winning two or three. Yeah, and, and they've got to get they've got to get quality starts right now. You know, uh their fourth and fifth starters have to go six. Their first three, including Scherzer now at this point, have to start going seven. Now Scherzer was undone yesterday by DeSoto. Uh, you know, he lost the ball in the sun. Yeah, yeah. Would terrible. have been out of the inning. And I, I knowing Soto, I mean no one felt worse than him. Uh, and what that, that, you know, you got to overcome that. I mean, you, you just have to overcome that. They, they, to me, you know, and I talked about in a column I wrote the other day, a storybook season, which could be a, a fairy tale or a nightmare. The storybook season is not your typical Nats season in the sense that if this team somehow makes it to the wild card, wins a wild card and makes it to the division series, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, yeah, huge. You know, now compared to what they've done, it's nothing more than what they've done before. I know that would frustrate a lot of people that they're still stuck at the division series, but they have not one, not one lockdown relief pitcher anywhere in the bullpen. Right. Nobody that they could, that, that when you see them walking in from the bullpen and you're sitting in the stand saying, oh, we got this. You know, they don't have anybody like that. So you're not going to go very far in the postseason, no matter how great your starting pitching is, 
if you don't have anybody who, who you feel good about that you can throw in in the eighth and ninth innings if you get that far. So to me, at this point, at this point, you're looking at an accomplishment of making it to the division series, considering they started 19 and 31 and the bullpen was was a disaster all year, got slightly better, but still has never been good. And, you know, I mean, look, that's a personnel thing. So that's on Mike Rizzo. I mean, he's the guy who's 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 put together the bullpen. Right now, nobody was like, at the start of the season. Nobody was saying what a lousy bullpen he put together. Right. You know that wasn't the narrative. It was considered the weakest link, but nobody thought that the bullpen would implode like it did. But the, the fact remains that uh, you know, at, if if you're looking for where things went wrong, they went wrong in the roster construction. Yeah, the um, the one th- good piece of news I think with them right now, I had Ray Knight on the radio show. By the way, he's great as a yeah. guest, so good. Do you know Ray? Ray's a certified badass, yeah, a certified uh, badass boxer. The whole yes. thing. Um, I think the badass got him in trouble recently <laughs> hey, in the last hey. couple of years. Um, but he said, watching um, Scherzer yesterday, that he saw Max back. That the, the pitch count, he was sharp. Had a couple of bad breaks, Soto, right. obviously, um, but that he sees a guy that's now back to where he was. And that could be good news, although we'll see. I mean, ho- hopefully they get the wild card spot, home wild card spot clinched before he has to pitch in that final series against Cleveland so they can roll him out for the wild card. Right. Um, all right. All right. You don't Do want to start Austin Voth. No, in, in a wild card in, in a wild card game, like although he's had that. his moments. He's, he's had his moments for them. Uh, and Dave Martinez, I think they expect to be back for for this Marlins series in, That's good. in Miami. What did What did you hear about his? his well, I, I I heard anything that that everybody else heard. I have no special okay. knowledge that, that that the test results uh, didn't show any further issues, and that he's waiting to be cleared to travel, and that everyone expects him probably to be in Miami. That's good news for the Marlins because I I know a lot of people don't like this, but they need him, especially during the rough waters time. I mean, they got to this point in part because of him. Right. I mean, and and it's taken its toll. Yes. Yeah. It was funny because, um, and I would urge anybody to listen to the interview that I did with Ray Knight uh, this morning on Team980.com or the Team980 app. Uh, Ray Knight's such a good guest. But I said, you know, um, you've been a manager before. I mean, it's a very stressful thing. I would imagine, especially this time of year, and he went through – a list of things from a player that was on the verge of committing suicide one night to being called, you know, in the early morning hours to come down to police stations. And, you know, essentially saying when you've got that many young people, 25 young people, you know, in new cities with free time and disposable income, it's much more than just whether or not you won yes. or lost the game that night. Yes, it is. It's, it's you're managing and parenting and, you know, friending and, and your, your jobs are, your job is way beyond just the game as a manager. But he said the the stress from a loss when it's hard to sleep when you lose that night. The good news about that sport is you get your next chance within yes, twenty four hours most nights. That's like Earl Weaver said. This ain't football. We play this every day. Yeah, we're gonna play the. We're gonna play tomorrow. Um, all right. Uh, quick word about mybookie.ag. A lot of you guys have asked me over the years, where can I bet? I don't have access to a bookie. Where can I play your smell test picks? Where can I play the picks that I like? 
Um, I've got a spot for you. Uh, right now, mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where a lot of people I know play. You should too. One of the things that's very important is not who you play, but where you play. You want to be sure that you're getting the most opportunities to bet on different games, different prop bets, different you know teaser opportunities, good prices, good numbers, and you want to make sure that you're actually going to get paid if you win. Well, mybookie.ag guarantees that. I I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. They've got all the latest lines. Football weekend is the best to bet with them. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. You need to use my promo code. It's Kevin DC, K E V I N D C, to activate the offer. So go to mybookie.ag today, use my promo code, Kevin DC, and it'll activate the offer where you will get your first deposit doubled. Just so you understand that. And Aaron understands this. Doesn't mean that you can go there with a hundred bucks, they're gonna double it, and then you can take the money out. They're gonna make you actually wager on games, but instead of wagering with a hundred dollars to start, you'll wager with two hundred dollars to start. So you play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag today. All right, I'm gonna ask you the question that I asked this morning of myself and of the callers on the phone lines. It's another Redskins question. We'll get to the power poll. We'll get Tommy's Redskins Bears pick. And I've got a smell test pick today as well. Um, the question is this, and it's it's more trying to um, look forward and come up with what you think would give you optimism about the franchise. Like, tell me something that would renew your optimism. I'll give you mine first so you get a sense of what we're talking about. Not that it's going to be that hard for you to figure it out. Sometimes it is. My easy answer in this, when you asked me this, I don't know, in April or May, like, what can you feel good about? I said, actually, I like their defensive talent. You know, they, they've got pretty good defensive talent, young defensive talent. They've actually drafted pretty well some of this young defensive talent, these Alabama players, Allen and Payne, and, you know, I like Collins, I like Sweat. But after the first two weeks, it's tough to be really super optimistic about the young defensive core, even though I do think it's going to improve. And I think if they add another player or two in, in the next offseason, they could have a, a decent defense for years to come. You know, one of the things that would be nice to know about your team is, hey, we're playing the Redskins this week. That is a hell of a defensive team. And I thought there for a brief moment that we were, maybe not this year, but we were a year or two away from maybe with all this young defensive talent, hey, the Skins, you know, they're not great, but they're really tough you defensively. Know, I think Doug Peterson thought that before he played them. <laughs> yeah. So here's, After he played them, I'm not so sure he thought that. To me, there's only one thing. Like, it's all about whether or not Dwayne Haskins is the real deal because it's the Peyton Manning analogy that I've given. The Colts were a terrible organization. They drafted Peyton Manning, and for from that moment forward, they became a really good organization that won 11, 12, 13, 14 games a year. They were in the playoffs every year. They, they lost a lot in the playoffs. You know, Peyton Manning had a lot of number one seed home divisional round playoff losses, but they went to a soup, two Super Bowls and won one. You know, I would sign up for that today. Of course, if would. Dwayne Haskins became Peyton Manning, because it's the one position, even more in my view, slightly more than even the head coach, where you basically mask all of 
the ugly spots on the franchise if your quarterback is elite. So that's the only thing that would renew my enthusiasm in terms of or, or optimism is that if we saw Dwayne Haskins, and I hope we do this year, um, and it turned out that, yeah, Snyder got that one right. Because, by the way, the owner would also get credit for that. He's the one that picked him. No one else really wanted I him know, I know. at 15. I know. So Haskins is my answer to the question, what is yours? Well, first of all, let's examine your answer for a minute. Please. I mean, Counselor. basically what you've done is basically you've gone from zero to a, to 200 miles an hour. I mean, you bring up Peyton Manning. Think about that for a minute. I didn't say he was Peyton Manning, and I don't believe that he is. But but that's but that's your that's your model. That's your standard. Yes. In other words, that I mean, a Peyton Manning type. Yeah, you need We're a generational about, guy. You need or, to do what the Colts did. Get lucky. Uh, not just a team generational guy, an NFL generational guy. Right. I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's Peyton Manning. That's the that's the first class. Right. You know, you got Drew Brees and Roethlisberger and all those guys. You know, after if, that, he, if he's Roethlisberger, it would be huge. Okay, so it doesn't have to be Peyton Manning. No, but because I, I, Peyton Manning, I use Peyton is, Manning is, as the answer because of the organization okay. that he was with. Now, at the time, they did have Roethlisberger went to a Super Bowl as a rookie, right? Where, where, where basically he was—he wasn't very good. It was the organization he was in. Well, he—he—they—they they won the Super Bowl his rookie. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, he, he didn't have a so great Colts rookie is, year, but he no, turned yeah, out he, to be a great quarterback. Yes, but the Colts is a much better analogy because the Colts were not very good. It, and and considered to be a good. very bad yes. Uh, organization, yes. which, you know, the only difference there with the Colts is that Bill Polian had taken over as team president. Okay. But they still had to get lucky at the top of that draft right. to have Peyton Manning inst- instead of and Ryan, Ryan Leaf. Leaf. Yeah. You know, they actually had, you know, the the p- potentially... I mean, they were they had the one pick, the the one pick, and then Beathard took Ryan Leaf. Right, but it could have gone the other way. They, I mean, it was apparently very debatable. Although I think Polian has said over the years that it, there was no debate in his mind that it was Peyton Manning over over Leaf. So they did have Bill Polian in the picture, but they had to have the number one pick, and they had to land on Peyton Manning. Okay, so you're not necessarily saying that that Dwayne Haskins has to be Peyton Manning. No, he's just got to be an elite quarterback. He's got to be, you know, he's got to be one of those quarterbacks that makes you a good team over a long period of time. It may not be, you know, a Super Bowl team. Philip, you know, the Chargers had a lot of issues too. Yes. And Philip Rivers has made the Chargers a competitive team and a playoff team several times. Has not made them a Super Bowl team yet. No, he hasn't. You know, um, Ben Roethlisberger had a lot of weapons in a very good organization, so it's a bad comp there. But if you drafted Ben Roethlisberger, well, the Roethlisberger, Saints. the Saints. Yeah, Saints were a bad organization. Bad organization. Yeah, and they had and they got Drew Brees. Right, they didn't get him, but they got him via so trade. So this is very lofty goals, very lofty. I understand goals that. For it's for, an ins- you got to hit it inside straight. I mean, they're they're not going to figure it out on their own. It's got to it's it, they have to land on it. It has to come to them. Well, and look, Haskins may have come to them. I'm trying to play this game as well as I could, as well as I can. Okay, because. I mean, I don't think it matters who who coaches the team, who runs the team. I know you don't. Uh, who plays quarterback for the team. But I understand your path, and I think it makes some sense. It, well, I, I'm going to ask you the question then, because you just answered it, but I want to make sure that I that you are on the same page with me. If next, if the Redskins go one and fifteen this year, 
And over the final eight games, Dwayne Haskins is terrible. Terrible. But they've got the number one pick in the draft next year. And somehow Justin Herbert or Tua or somehow Trevor Lawrence becomes eligible for the draft. Whatever. Let's let's call it Tua or, or Justin Herbert. And they are able to pick him with the number one pick in the draft. And he is a great quarterback. Do you think the team would then, if he turns out to be one of these elite generational talents at quarterback, would the team win with would they have sustained success? No, because the owner would destroy him. Well, why wouldn't you have said that about Ursay? Because they're two different guys. I, I don't you, know you, or I don't know Ursay. I don't know Ursay. I, I know a lot more about Dan Snyder than I do Bob Ursay. Everything I know from Ursay I know from afar. I don't know from people. Well, then you don't agree with him. me. You said you understand my path, but you don't agree with me. I understand your path, but I don't agree with okay. you. I mean, because the owner will find a way to take that nice, shiny object and turn it in, into dust. Okay. I, I mean, I don't think your position's that unreasonable given the history. We've got 20 years of history. Yes. You know, he basically drafted Patrick Ramsey. He basically told Spurrier who he could have and not have. He basically started Jeff George over Brad Johnson. He basically forced Donovan McNabb on Mike Shanahan. He got in the middle of RG3 in the Shanahans, which sabotaged an entire season and possibly a young man's career, professional career. Yeah. So, of course, they could land on Tua or Justin Herbert, and if Herbert had gone to another bad organization, he may have turned that whole organization around, but he won't be able to do it here. But I still think it's their only chance. It's their only chance is that you get a quarterback that says, I'm not interested in hanging out with you. I'm not interested in going to your home for dinner. I'm not interested in going on the yacht to the Amalfi Coast and hanging out with all your rich friends. I'm really a football guy. I'm focused on football. This is my coach. I'm listening to him. And I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of guy. I just want to win football games. And somehow Dan leaves him alone. It's not 1980 anymore. They all the kids, all the kids, all the kids, no. all the kids. They all want to. They all want to be stars now. They all want. They all want to ride the yacht. They all want to ride the private plane. Anyway, that would be that would be the <laughs> one path. That would be the one path. I don't see any other path. Like, and and people said to me today on the, the show. So if if Dwayne Haskins is that successful, that means Haskins and Haskins will be very successful. The company that him and his father started before he got drafted by the Redskins, right? If he's that successful, I hope H&H is really okay. successful. I'd be so fine with that. So I just wanted to make sure it's when that we're talking about that that's that comes along with it. It's it's you know, it's a business interest. It's when the quarterback isn't very good and the quarterback's branding is more important that I'm bothered by. Okay. If Haskins is winning games and he's a great quarterback, I wish him all the success with all of his off-field en- endeavors. I'd, I'd, I'd root him on. But that's not the guy you described before. This guy you described before says, I'm a football guy. Yeah. I don't care about any of the other stuff. Again, I told Obviously, you I don't know that Haskins he, is that guy. He, right. He could d- be Justin Herbert. Okay. Could be Tua. It could be. Next year. It's one of the reasons I think they got to play Haskins this year. So they know so they know what they got so they can move on from him if they have to. I've said that since, no, that makes sense. since February. Yeah. I mean, it's a Cardinal situation. They drafted yeah. Josh Rosen earlier than Haskins was picked. Yeah. And they moved on because they had the number one pick and they liked Murray more. Yeah. And they liked Murray with their coach, the new coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And so far, Murray looks pretty pretty good. So far, so good. Yeah. All right, let's get to our first NFL power poll of the year. Oh, God. Rank them one to five. 
It's time for our weekly NFL Power Poll. God, you were you thought we weren't going to do this I mean, this I, year. I thought yesterday, I, I don't know who I met. Maybe I was listening to you or somebody. Not yet. No, it wasn't me. Who yesterday. I was listening to. I did it today. Maybe it was today. That's what. <laughs> that was me. It was today. That was me. I was listening today, and I I was smiling and saying, "Oh, thank God! I don't have to do this inane power pole do you, thing." Do you know? Do you know what this is all about? And it's why you see it on all the programs and all the websites. It's a way to to have a conversation about the NFL because that's what people want to talk about the NFL. And right now with the Redskins at 0-2 and, and maybe 0-3, although I think they're going to win on Monday night, um, you got to figure out ways to talk about the NFL. So for people like you who don't follow the NFL, I just want you to quickly put together a list. My number five team, are you ready for my list? The Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Ravens have beaten the Dolphins and the Cardinals, Tommy. Very interesting thing about the Dolphins that Scott said to me today on the show. Um... And he's right. I don't know. This this actually could be a column idea for you. We have never seen in the history of the NFL a team give up on a season so obviously and so early. What the Dolphins are doing is the all-time NFL tank job. When the Browns went 0-16, they had multiple three-point or less losses. They had multiple overtime losses. The Dolphins have lost two games by a combined score of 76 to 3. They've made it very clear they have no intention of being competitive. It's bad for the league to have this. You know, they're, they're 21 and a half it point. It is terrible for the league. It's, they're 21 and a half point underdog this week. No, tanking is bad on any level, but in the NFL, it should be the place where you, it should least have to happen. Right. You only have 16 of these opportunities right. a year. And, you know, you got people wanting to get out of Miami and. And Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a second-year player, they let him go. They traded Plus, him they, the other they day. They got a real weasel for an owner. So too. anyway, ba- Baltimore is my number five team, even though their two wins are over the Dolphins, who have given up, and the Cardinals. Um, I, obviously, this week is going to be a massive test for the for the Ravens playing the Chiefs. Actually, can't wait to see that game on Sunday. Ravens at Arrowhead, one o'clock. Um, but my the Ravens are my number five team. Who's your number five team? My number five team are the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think of that? <laughs> huh? What do you think the of that? The 2-0 San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Yeah, they've beaten Cincinnati and Tampa in their first two games. Um, I, I don't know what to make of Cincinnati. That's the honest truth. I thought about them. I, 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 mean, I'm not, I, I didn't say Cincinnati. I, San Francisco. San Francisco. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm a fan of San Francisco quite yet. I like the way they're coached. They I think they co- got a good coach. They, they got a very good coach. Kyle Shanahan. They got a very good I like coach. That. That's my number five team. All right. My number four team, and I think the top four is, is pretty obvious at this point. You may think differently. Um, but I've got the Dallas Cowboys as the number four team in the league. Tommy, they're really good. We saw it last week. They didn't week. beat anybody either. They haven't. Why the, would you put them instead of the 49ers? The, the Giants and the Redskins, they have not beaten anybody. I am a ho- much higher on the Cowboys than I am on the Niners. I think the Cowboys are so good offensively. They've got a top three offensive line. They've got a top three running back. They've got you know wide receivers and now a tight end back, a Hall of Fame tight end back. And you know who's really good? Dak Prescott's really good. Really good. good. He's good. He's really good. He's good. He's matured. He's got it. He's in command. 
Um, Kellen Moore calling plays. I hate it, but I think they are going to be a legitimate NFC Championship contender this year. They play the Dolphins this week as 21.5-point favorites, and then next week they get the Saints. The Cowboys are my number four team. My number four team are the Baltimore Ravens and, and, and the way they've started off the season. Uh, Lamar Jackson could wind up at the end of the year being the NFL MVP. I mean, he, 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 I think he's only going to get better. Uh, they're, they're a great organization, well-coached team. I'm putting the Ravens in number four. Clinton Portis told me before the opening weekend, he said, I've got Lamar Jackson on all of my fantasy teams. He's going to have a massive year statistically. He's right so far. Um, and you know what? He and Mahomes, right, Aaron, who am I forgetting, are probably 1-2 right now in the NFL MVP race. I, I'm going to look up the odds yeah. right now. It's got to be Mahomes who's the favorite right now. But I would bet uh, Lamar Jackson has moved up the list of MVP. Let's see if I can get – here it is, MVP. Right now, Mahomes is one, Jackson's two. Mahomes is a heavy favorite, three to two favorite. Yeah, Brady's in the conversation. Ja- Jackson's four uh, is, is four and a half to one, right, so nine to two. And Brady's eight to one. So Brady's there's some distance between Jackson and Brady. What about Prescott's Terry McLaurin? McLaurin no, in there anywhere? McLaurin? No, he's not. No. Prescott's fourth on that list, and Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson are tied for fifth. How is Aaron Rodgers not on the list? Oh, there he is. Aaron Rodgers is at twenty to one. Um, all right. So you've got the Ravens as your number four team. The number three team in the league for me are the Rams. I'm not super high on the Rams. I just can't think of a team to put in front of them. They obviously beat a New Orleans team without Breeze for most of that game, and they got a huge benefit on that terrible blown play on a fumble return for a touchdown, which should have been. Um, They're really good, and obviously Aaron Donald's an absolute beast, although I would tell you that Miles Garrett right now has to be the front runner for defensive MVP um, through two weeks, and he's he's a guy that's completely unblockable um, in Cleveland. But uh, the Rams are my number three team. I can't think of it. Uh, the other two teams I think are much better, my top two teams, but I got the Rams at three. I actually might have the Cowboys in front of them within a week or two. Cowboys aren't even in my top five. I know I'm they, taking I've the noticed, Rams I've noticed that. At, at number three. Uh, do the Redskins have anybody like Cooper Cup? I don't know. But Trey, Trey Quinn is certainly a Jay Gruden favorite. Yes, but he's no—he's no Cooper Cup at this no, point. Not not at this point. Right. Okay. The Rams are my number three. Okay. The Rams at number three. Uh, the top two teams I think we will have in the in the same order. I, I'm assuming I've got the Chiefs at two and the Patriots at one. Um, you know, uh, Tommy, the the Patriots. This is going to be one of these interesting seasons for them. Maybe a 2007 season. They get the Jets this weekend. They're 22 and a half point favorites. Tommy, did you know this? By the way. Last time the NFL had two 20-plus point favorites on the same weekend, 1987, the Scab Falcons and Eagles against the Niners and Cowboys who had had all their veterans right. cross the picket line. That's the last time it happened. Wow. So that's a unique thing about this NFL season so far. You've got some really good teams and really bad teams right now, and the Jets without Sam Darnold are a bad team. Um But the Patriots have the Jets. They go to Buffalo next week. Then they get the Redskins, Giants, and Jets again. I mean, what an easy – they should should be 7-0. And and the thing is about the Patriots, what we've heard about them is that they tend to treat September as part of their preseason. Exactly. Except they don't have to with this soft schedule that they're playing. Really soft schedule. And then 
the Chiefs are the Chiefs are my number two. Yeah, they're my number two as well. You know, it it it's really going to be a hole in Andy Reid's resume if he doesn't win a Super Bowl with this with these Chiefs. After, I mean, you know, he'll go down as a great coach who should have done better. Really, particularly now with, with Pat Mahomes and the, the Chiefs team, the way they're playing, they seem so deep. Uh, and this is, wow, Tyreek Hill. You know, uh, I don't know if and when they'll ever get him back. But uh, it will be a, a big hole in, in his resume. They lost Eric Fisher. They're starting left tackle for a few weeks with an aggravated groin injury. Um Apparently uh, not interested in Trent Williams, or I don't know if they're interested in Trent Williams, but Trent Williams apparently isn't on the trade block. Um, the, the Chiefs, unlike the Patriots, have quite the schedule coming up. They've got the Ravens this weekend, then they're in Detroit, and I'll mention them here in a moment. Colts, Texans, uh, they, they play the NFC North, so they got games against the Vikings, Packers, Lions, and Bears this year. Um, they're in the NFC West, uh, the AFC West, which is a difficult division with the Chargers and the Raiders who have started off well. I still think the Broncos are a competitive team um, and will end up being a, a better team than most people think. But I've got the Chiefs at two. That's a great game this weekend just to see the matchup with the Ravens and the Chiefs. That was a very interesting game last year, if you recall. The Ravens went to Arrowhead late in the season last year with Lamar Jackson when the Ravens were rolling. And the Ravens had a legitimate shot to really derail um, the Chiefs that weekend. And that was really, Aaron, if you recall, too, when the Chiefs were just giving up so much defensively. You know, they the, the Rams had scored 54. The Raiders had scored a bunch of points against them. You know, teams like Denver and New England, obviously. Um, and the Ravens went in there, and I think Jackson, you know, had multiple interceptions, multiple or multiple fumbles, I think it was, uh, in that game. A couple of backbreaking plays, and they lost an overtime game, I think, to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, but that that's one of the games of the weekend to see the Ravens uh, at Arrowhead this weekend. Teams to keep an eye on, I've got one, the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions are a good football team. I know that I am I've always been sort of in the camp of of Stafford, um, but I like their team. They're one zero and one blew that game at Arizona, that big lead in the fourth quarter. They beat the Chargers last week and they've got an interesting game this week at Philadelphia. In fact, I think they're going to fit into tomorrow's smell test, the Lions will. But I think the Lions are a team that is going they're going to be much better than people think. And I think we've already seen signs of that in the first two weeks. Teams to keep an eye on the Arizona Cardinals only because I think Kyler Murray has, has become the must-watch quarterback already that people thought he would be. And I just think it's interesting to watch you know, Cliff Kingsbury, who a lot of people had a lot of questions about in his offense in the NFL. They played competitively at Baltimore yes, last they week. Did. I gave, they were a 13-point underdog. I liked the Cardinals and won that. Um, and so... Uh, you know, and they came back to tie Detroit. They've got a game with the Panthers, and it doesn't. Cam Newton's not going to play, right? Aaron, is that where we are on him? Yeah, it looks like Kyle Allen's going to start. Yeah, Kyle Allen's going to start. So you got Cam Newton out. Um, man, he's had some interesting outfits in the last couple of weeks. Do you uh, have any like that at home? I, d- I don't. I do. I, I well, I, I, you've got a lot of different. I don't wear them like out, that. but I right. have them. Um, all right, I'll give you a smell test pick here shortly. But since we will not talk until Tuesday, which will be the day after. Um, the Redskins play the Bears. Give me your Skins Bears pick. That's a big W, baby, for the Washington Redskins. You like him too. Twenty seventeen. Wow. All right. I like him. I, I mean, re- I, 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 again, I think there's a th- a path to three and three. 
in these first six games for this team. I mean, I think the Redskins have played much better teams that I expected them to lose. Uh, I, I think the offense will be able to stay on the field more. Maybe and look, the Bears have a very good defense. I get that, but the Bears' defense, the Bears' offense, won't be able to stay on the field. Okay, if it does, Greg Minuski's fired yeah. the next day. Yeah, if the Bears' offense won't be able to sustain drives against the Redskins' defense, so the Redskins' defense won't be on the field as much. They won't be as tired. They won't be as beat up. Uh, the Bears are just not very good offensively at all. The Redskins seem, uh, you know, a a better offensive team. Uh, you saw glimpses of a, a lot more Chris Thompson last week in, in that game. I think love you, Chris Thompson. I think so you, far you're going to see you're going to see more of him, and uh, it'll be a hard fought win. But I like I like the Redskins. Um, the uh, the Bears' offense, just so everybody understands, isn't like this t- a terrible offense. They have playmakers. Tar Cohen's good. David Montgomery, Montgomery, their rookie running back from Iowa State, is good. I actually think that the Bears will get better offensively. They played two very good defensive teams um, to open up the season um, in Green Bay and Denver. Uh, but I like the Redskins' chances on Monday night, too, and I'll, I'll obvi- obviously have more on that on Monday before the game. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, rate us, review us, subscribe. That helps. Um, don't forget to remind people that want to listen to the podcast to listen to it at thekevinsheehanshow.com. I'm also back on radio on the Team 980, 7 to 10 weekday mornings, and you can listen to that podcast or that show on the Team 980, uh, dot, team980.com or the Team 980 app. And you can listen to me uh, Saturday mornings with Nick Ashew on 1067 A Fan. Good listen. And you can read my stuff in the Washington Times, washingtontimesports.com. Uh, I want to finish up with an early smell test pick. Kevin looks where the John Q. public is putting their cash and does the opposite. It's, it's time, time for, for the, the smell, smell test. test. All right, last weekend, Tommy, um, the smell test went nine and zero. Um, probably, uh, I don't. I'm sure I've had six and O's and five and O's before in the smell test. I don't know that I've ever had a nine and O. Um, early play uh, for the weekend: Tulane tonight minus five. Uh, at home against Houston, Tulane's football program um, has been, you know, is 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 much better than it used to be. They were terrible for a while. They had a, a really br- a breakout season last year. Ended up in a bowl game. They've got a talented quarterback in Justin McMillan, and they can really run the football. And Houston can't stop the run. So I I see Tulane first of all as an anti-public play. The public likes Houston and Dana Holgerson's team. Um, I don't think they realize that Tulane's pretty good. I think Tulane's going to have their way running the football tonight, uh, roll up big yardage, and roll up an easy win over the Cougars of Houston. So take Tulane minus the five. They are the anti-public side, and sharp money is on Tulane as well. I'll have a full smell test tomorrow, um, and uh, one of those picks will definitely include the Redskins-Bears game as well. Uh, What what famous uh, Redskins? Uh, went to Tulane. Well, Ryan Grant went to Tulane. I said That's famous. not a famous Redskin. What famous Redskin went oh my to Tulane? God. Come on. I know. I, it's it's. Who do you know who was from New Orleans? Redskins player and then coach. I'm I'm going blind. Richie. Richie Pettibone. Richie Pettibone. Yeah. Went to Tulane. Yeah, he did. That that was that was a tough one. 
No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was because I I think of Richie more as a coach than I do a player. Right. If you a great s- player. He was a great player. Great player. And he was one of the first players that George Allen brought in yes. in 1971 as essentially, you know, along with Jack Pardee, the two coaches on the field. You yes. know, he had two former coaches on the field on defense in Pardee and Pettibone. The Ramskins. Yeah, and in the very first game, I believe it's George Allen's very first game, played in St. Louis at Bush Stadium against the Cardinals. Um, I think Richie Pettibone had two interceptions in that very first first game against the Cardinals, which would be a, a a real indicator of things to come because, man, did George Allen's defenses turn people over. Oh, yeah, they did. They blocked a lot of punts, a lot of field goals, <laughs> and they turned a lot of people over. Um, all right, uh, have a great day. Back tomorrow.